where we speak to individuals with lived mental health experiences to help people feel less alone and more connected. In today's episode we are doing something slightly different and some of the guests that I speak with have given some incredible advice and so I've consolidated that advice into one short episode which will hopefully give you the listeners some hope and some insights into other individuals mental health journeys and how they've managed to get through it so I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope it makes you feel a little less alone make sure to tune in next week for the next episode which will be the first ever in-person podcast but coming to the end of the podcast today one of the the final questions which I always ask is if there is somebody listening to this right now who is struggling with any of the topics that we've spoken about today what is the one piece of advice that you would give them um it's keep going it's something I found very helping myself because even though it are small steps you're making as long as you keep going, you will reach that goal. Um, and actually, I, I got a little snail tattooed on my hand. The snail is slow, but it keeps going. And by doing that, it will reach a destination. And that's like something I'm reminding myself a lot of. As long as I'm making small steps or even one small step per day, and that's over a period of time, I will reach where I want to go or where life will lead me. Um, so that's actually something I'm always telling anyone. Um, I love that. As long as you keep going, you're doing great. I would say um, specifically anybody suffering with um, a controversial personality disorder, a cluster B personality disorder, um, just because you hold that disorder, it doesn't make you a monster. It doesn't mean that you're destined to be in prison. It doesn't mean that you're an evil person. And mm. just because you suffer with low empathy, that doesn't equate um, to monstrous behaviour. It doesn't mean you can't be compassionate to other people as well. So I'd be mad. I guess my biggest piece of advice would would really just to be, really just to know that you truly, really are not alone. That there are a ton of other people out there that yeah. understand exactly what you're going through. And it, I know it's a cliche to say this, but it does get better. I mean, when I was at, the lowest point of my health anxiety you, I truly felt like there was no coming out of it like there was never going to be a life without these thoughts controlling me mm. and although I'm not I'm still in treatment I'm still in my recovery journey I can now see that that is not true and when you're at such a low point it's it's like tunnel vision you have tunnel vision you can't see it you can't imagine life without it you almost kind of get comfortable with it, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. With proper treatment and access to proper treatment, if you have it, and that's a whole different discussion, um, it can get better and it will. Yeah. It's hard, but just stick with it. 
and it it just truly there is a light at the end of the tunnel moment when things start changing and you start seeing small little like goals getting achieved like oh my god this is working and it yeah. makes you keep like you're just motivated to keep going and I want everyone to, to have that little bit of motivation to just even get them started with treatment if they're nervous about just starting treatment just take a little bit of the motivation just see it as a little tunnel that you can get out of and it will happen I would probably say that in the aspect of OCD um to anyone that is struggling with it I know how scary it is and how tormenting it is towards you and it makes you think some really awful things that you wouldn't ever imagine you could think but no matter what you are thinking there is someone else out there that is going through the exact same thing and that's had the exact same thing before and if you want to reach out for help you can do that and there are places that will support you um, and people that will support you as well it's even though the disorder is not really spoken about enough in terms of what it actually is a lot of people do suffer with it and there is help out there that people can obviously you can go to people and talk about it Something there's a there's a little cartoon that I show people, um, and it's especially when they're in the pits of hell. And if you can imagine, there's just a li- people might have seen it on Instagram going around recently. But there's just a bee saying that they're trapped in the corner and their lives going wrong, and it's all horrible. And um, it's just these three different pictures of this bee, just no way out. There's absolutely nothing. And then there's a bee next to it that just opens up a door and it's like, have you tried this way? There is literally always another way. And sometimes, sometimes that is changing your environment. Sometimes that is letting go of a friend that you know is toxic. Um, sometimes it's taking that really painful step to get through that door. Or sometimes it's just being open to seeing that door. Um, and I think that is the number one piece of advice. If you are, if you are suicidal, obviously go see a therapist first and foremost, they'll help you a lot more than I can, but, um, just be open to receiving life in a different way. And there is always a way out of it and it may not be the most pleasant and you may have to go through a little bit of shit to get there. But on the other side, it's always, always a rainbow if you like that. I think the hardest part about it is the uncertainty. We have to learn to live in a state of uncertainty and function with it. And that's never going to be an easy thing to do for anyone. But for Mm -hmm. a person with OCD, it's even harder. And I think the one thing I would say to a person is there is always hope. That that's the one thing that really changed with my surgery is for the first time in my life, I felt hopeful for my future, for the world. I just felt like there was hope. And it's difficult to say because it's like that was brought on by brain surgery. But if there is hope even with that, that means there's always hope in general. And that if you find those little things in life that you just find beautiful and you hold on to those and you keep fighting because of those, that's really what's going to make your life worth it. Honestly, my biggest advice would probably be to not allow the disease or disorder, however you 
you know, want to put it, um, define you and don't let it stop you from getting the job you want, the being in a worthy, healthy relationship, getting, you know, starting a family because, I feel like for a little bit, I definitely would like attach bipolar with my identity and, you know, I don't, it would almost be an excuse of being like, oh, well, I'm bipolar, so I can't do that or I, I'm not good enough for that or whatever. Yeah. So I think my biggest advice would just be like, don't let it stop you from wanting to accomplish things in life because, you know, an episode, it sucks and it, it might set you back, but it doesn't define who you are at all. So, yeah. So when I'm really struggling um, from what I call sort of like an OCD loop where like it will go round and round in my brain and I just can't forget about it and it starts to, you know, impact what you're doing. I'll always write it down on my phone. And for me, it's kind of in there. And rather than going around in my brain, I so I think to myself, I know that I've thought that, I know that's going around, I know I'm worrying about that situation, but once I've got it down, it kind of allows me to take a step back. And then I look at that list later. And not only do you kind of realise how irrational mm. it is, but it allows you to kind of get some closure and you feel valid that, you know, that's okay that I'm feeling like that that I'm going through that but it's not okay for it to start affecting Mm. my day and ruining things and you know making me feel low and don't get me wrong there's days when it just feels so hard and so overwhelming and days when I just can't physically find the energy to get out of bed and and you know battle my brain um and on those days it's I just constantly remind myself, do the small steps, you know, even if, you know, you've done something so small, it, there's a, there's a point where you wouldn't have been able to do that. So it's important to constantly remind yourself that that's, that's a good thing and you should celebrate that. And, you know, with the whole like body image thing, um, that kind of ties itself into different things. So it's very hard to control. I find that really hard because, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're like, oh, you know, I feel fine in my body today. Yeah. I feel fine. I'm feeling good and confident about myself. And then you go out and you compare yourself or you look on your phone and compare yourself. And it's very, very toxic. I feel like today's, you know, reality of social media is very, very toxic, um, especially for young people. But um, I just think to myself, you know, my body is what it is it's got me this far and there will be someone you know I constantly think to myself and this has kind of helped me in a way that you know someone out there you I'm comparing myself to them they're probably comparing themselves to me and you know different things like you're human as well that just simple reminders I just constantly remind myself really helps to solidify the fact that your body is what it looks like and no one else looks like you and it's kind of a beautiful journey that you've been on so you know no matter the scars and what you've been through and different parts of your body that you're insecure about you're completely allowed to embrace it you know I've really struggled with scars Mm. and self-harm scars and things like that and I just think it tells a story you've been through what you've been through and 
that's your body and that's yeah. okay yeah I think um the only thing that yeah like springs to mind is just I think it's so important to just talk about it you know whatever you're to your friends to your family who a strain doesn't matter like just just not keeping it in mm. because I think or for, for whatever fear of being like misunderstood or not taken seriously or whatever I think that can be really damaging to just keep it all inside and you know you almost yeah I think it's just really it can become quite internalized and almost yeah and you're not really dealing with it if you're you know not kind of talking about it and I think it can take a lot to to even like pluck up the courage or you know whatever to to admit it to yourself you know if not other people but I think once you do there is that weight that's lifted off and I think yeah allowing or other people to try and help you um is just such a it's such a big thing and I think once you start to do that you're you kind of open yourself up to you know healing and therapy and all all of those good things so I think yeah just just to keep talking about it is the main the main thing I would say there's a lot of different things I I could say but I, I always kind of go back to how you can't beat it on your own and that you know, it can be hard at first to accept the help. Um, but kind of once you start admitting that you need help and saying yes to it, it, it gets better. And um, it's it's also a point about kind of you've got to kind of find what works for you and not be too put off if um, something's not like going your way. Like before... I found my medication I'm on now. I tried all sorts of different ones and I thought they were the only option, yeah. but there was a, a better option out there. And um, it's like, you just kind of have to keep going, like not just for how you feel now, but for the, the version of yourself in the future, who's going to like appreciate you so much for just hanging in there. Um, so yeah. If that makes sense, I guess that's what I'd tell someone. I would say don't don't give in as much um, as you feel you need to with mm. agoraphobia. Um, it affects you outside, it affects you inside, and it will just decide on the day where you can and can't go. And honestly, just fighting through one of those times makes it 10 times easier like I, I promise it sounds so stupid you think it's so much easier to give in and it, it is but in the long run like honestly just saying no on the days you feel like you can do it but yeah I think the biggest piece of advice I would hope someone with OCD would hear right now is that People with OCD tend to overestimate the likelihood that something bad is going to happen. And they also tend to underestimate their ability to cope with bad things happening. So with that information, I hope that if you're listening and you have OCD, that you remember that just because something is possible doesn't mean it's likely. 
And even if for some reason that 1% chance of scary thing does end up happening, you are much more equipped to navigate that than you probably think you are. So even if a tree does fall on your house and you have to live in a hotel for four weeks, you will get through that. It'll suck, but you can get through that. And even if um, something else happens, you are really capable. And I think those of us with anxiety and OCD really underestimate our ability to get through things. And I think we could all benefit from feeling a little bit more confident in ourselves because we're awesome and we are strong and we are capable. Right. Taking a break is important, but if we're like staying home from hanging out with friends, like every time when they ask to come out, maybe that's not always self-care and maybe could be avoidance. So -hmm. I think it's more about, again, it goes back to that values-based living and that's kind of more self-care to me. So exercising is one of my values and I try to, sorry, stick to that regimen of exercise and strength training and even, yeah. again, even this morning, I did not want to go, but I did do my little my little walk that I do on Mondays or whatever. I did not want to do that, but I did that. Um, kind of having some kind of routine or things that you enjoy as well. Yeah. So like for me, I, I eat at a certain time. I know what I'm going to have for dinner. I know if I'm cooking or not. Like just kind of knowing when you start your day, okay, these are the things that I'm going to do and not letting the OCD kind of determine if you're going to do it or not. Again, that's for me. I think a lot of it just comes back to what were you like before you were in an OCD spiral and how do we get back to that is kind of the way that I go about life. I don't know if that's self-care necessarily, but that's kind of the way that I live and kind of work towards functioning because ultimately I'd want to be somebody that um, can do life the way that she wants to do it, not the way that OCD wants me to do it. For me, it's a, it was a lot of trial and error. Um, mm-hmm. I think that accepting your diagnosis and working from there um, is a great place to start. Yeah. Which means, you know, what meant for me being consistent with my medication, um, mm. completely cutting out certain, um, certain substances from my life for a long period of time. Uh, in yeah. order to manage um, bipolar, um, my lifestyle had to change. Um, but really, also advocating for yourself and mm-hmm. advocating and trying to find a support group of people that can either empathize or that know exactly what you're going through. Because, you know, as a teenager, I thought. I literally thought I had lost my mind. I want to preface this with being like, listen, I'm not healed. I'm still in the throes of this damn uh, disorder and stuff like that. So yeah. other people would probably have better advice, but this is the, but I do have a few things that like generally I kind of fall back on. Um, I would say the first thing that I do is I'm constantly questioning my own perceptions of like why people do the things that they do or why I'm having the reaction that I do. I have to constantly be like, Jacob, is your narcissism playing out? Sometimes I'll be like, it is. I don't care because I'm still right. And it's a whole thing. But like I do attempt very often to like challenge those beliefs and my preconceptions and instincts in regards to people. Um, That sucks when I'm proven right because uh, it sucks when I'm proven right because then I'm like, because then it's like confirmation bias that kind of enforces some of these beliefs, but whatever. Um, I would, and I would say the other thing that's helped me a lot is I, especially when I was younger, I, I don't read as much as I used to. I wish I did. But like, 
I delved very deeply into stoicism when I was younger because like stoicism is all about like understanding that you can only, um, that you can only control your own reactions and your own mindsets. You can't control the world around you, which I think, which um, I think is very good for narcissism on two levels of one, not trying to control everything around you. And then two, uh, being able to handle your emotional dysregulation. So mm-hmm. stoicism helped me a lot when I was um, growing up. I would say if you're skeptical that you have like a mental health condition, a lot of people like say don't di- don't self-diagnose, which I do agree with. Don't go tell people that you have this if you haven't been tested for it. But it's fine to think you have something and then not sure the next step. So what I would say is research into it. Go to your GP. If at first they're like, no, you don't have this, practice, practice mindfulness, like they told me. Definitely, if you really, really believe you've got it, either you or get a family member or a friend to um, go and complain and say, no, like, this is serious, I need some type of help. Because um, then that's when they started to listen to me and take it more serious, and now I have literally four new diagnoses that I, some of them I wasn't even sure of. So... That's what I would tell people. If you think you've got something, don't stop trying, no matter how much they feel like they make you feel like you're going crazy and you don't have these issues, basically. Fighting and living are inseparable. If you're living, you're fighting. If you're fighting, you're alive. If you're listening to this, then you're still alive. That means there's still something left in you. Go out on your shield. Go out with your sword in hand. Walk forward because it's who you are. It's part of your character. And it's, it's the decent right way to be. Because sometimes you don't win, sometimes you lose in life, but it's how you lose, it's how you don't win. And I truly believe you're rewarded for your intention, so have the right intention, and that intention is to go forward and to fight and to live. I love that. Mm-hmm.